appreciate it. Okay, so what's going on? You're okay? Can you see me at the back? Okay, good, good, good. Well, uh, thank you, Sandy from Hawaii. I look like a Hawaiian flower, spring flower. Amen, amen. Well, that's nice. So why are you sitting down? Because I'm 72. I've earned the right to sit down. Amen. But if more than 50% of you fall asleep, I will stand. And come looking for you. Um, on a more serious note. The worship that we just went through. The worship we just went through. If that was done in a major conference, there wouldn't have been a person on their feet. They would have been lying out before the Lord. I don't think that some of us are aware of the quality of worship that we have in this house. I don't think so. Of course, a lot of that depends on our worship team. And uh, Sierra and Drea did such a phenomenal job. Just such a phenomenal job. I, I want to say this um, about worship. Um, you know that in the desert, Moses' tabernacle had three parts to it. An outer court, then a holy place, and then the holy of holies. And you know that that is symbolic of the body, the soul, and the spirit. I'm sure you're aware of that. You know, some people, <clears throat> when it comes to praise and worship, they think that raising their hands like this is like, I went over the top. I mean, seriously, I actually raised my hands. What I want to tell you something, raising your hands is an indication in your physical body, flesh, the outer court, of the condition of your heart. As Drea said, it's not about the mouth, it's about the heart, kneeling before God. Remember that? Raising your hands is about your heart being raised to God. And raising your hands is not really deep worship. It's actually just physical, like dancing, dancing with the flesh. It's not something deep. It is one of the first levels into entering into the presence of God. So you don't score big points when you raise your hands. I just want to let you know, I'm not getting on your case. Just, just, you know, supposing you think, well, you're never going to get me to raise my hands. I'm not trying to get you to raise your hands. If you don't want to raise your hands to Jesus, that's your fault. That's your problem, not my problem. My problem is to tell you what the Word says. Your problem is to do it. If you don't want to do it, take it up with God. Don't talk to me about it. Or go to a church where they don't raise their hands. You feel comfortable. The second thing is getting into the soul realm. This has nothing to do with my sermon. It's what the Lord was talking to me about during worship. The second part in the, the holy place 
is where the soul realm gets involved in worshiping God, and that's where your mouth comes into action. That is when you begin to say words out of your mouth, I love you, Jesus, you're the Lord of my life, you're Alpha and Omega, all those things that give God praise and worship out of your mouth. And you're giving your soul an opportunity to express itself out of your mouth. You hearing me? And then you get to the inner court, the holy of holies, right inside the deep. That is when your heart, your heart begins to worship God and it comes out of your mouth. Until your mouth has cooperated on this progression, your spirit cannot praise. Your spirit is subject to your mouth working and worshiping God. There's three parts. There's the physical part of the body, raising, dancing. Then there's entering in with the mouth and expressing your love to God with your mouth. And then ultimately, ultimately, your heart comes out of your mouth. Your spirit becomes, comes out of your mouth. That's when you get to a place where you actually kneel and get down before God. You see, <clears throat> Jesus said, take up your cross once in your lifetime and follow me when you confess me as Lord. And that's fine. I'm happy with it. Hello. Hello. What do you read in the Bible? Pick up your cross how much? How much? I'm not hearing you. Is, is that your mouth working? Thank you. Thank you, sir. Sit in front next time, okay? So Jesus said, pick up your cross daily. That would be a surrender to his ways, giving up your ways. And I want to let you know that worshiping God is part of picking up your cross and laying down your ego. Pride will keep you out of the holy of holies. Pride will keep you self-conscious of your physical body and of people around you. All right, I'm done. I just want to let you know uh, how important it is uh, for you to really participate, body, soul, and spirit, when it comes to praise and worship of God, and to enter in. I, I tell you something, that, that praise and worship that we experienced here, that should have been done in a 10,000 people church. While I was praising and worshiping God, I saw these walls blow out, completely blow out. I saw us worshiping like that with the hungry people coming from all over the world to come and say, they are worshiping God at the promised church. That is where I'm going. I am no longer happy and satisfied with this lukewarm praise and worship that's going in my church. I'm moving on with God, and that's where I'm going. Get ready. They're coming. They're coming. Amen. You keep doing what you're doing, Dre. You just keep doing what you're doing. I'm telling you. Yeah. Amen. I know, I know it's the whole team. I understand that. But there is a leader that leads. Yeah. And, and Ciara, I'm going to tell you, that, that was the best you've ever done. It was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. All right. Well, let's get to the word this morning. Impartations. 
and encounters are available to you. I want to wrap this up today because I really, the latter part of the sermon is the most important part. So I want to move quickly uh, through the, uh, the introduction part. Um, and we've been dealing with the impact of an impartation and the encounter with the Holy Spirit. And we, we've covered a whole bunch, and I showed you more than 22, 23, 24 different manifestations that will happen uh, to you and can happen to you when you are uh, uh, being touched by the Holy Spirit, okay? And uh, this is God's manifest presence that comes upon you. That's what we're talking about. How your physical body reacts, how your soul reacts, how your spirit, spirit reacts. Now, um, if you don't have some kind of outward manifestation, that doesn't mean God hasn't touched you. Please don't misinterpret what I'm saying. I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to say that if you've had one of these or have some of these manifestations, do not let the devil th uh, lie to you and say, well, you're crazy. Look what's going on. They should lock you away. I'm trying to show you from Scripture how many different manifestations occurred. So um, today I'm going to deal with maybe seven or eight and go real quickly. Um, these are the ones that I've picked out that I feel are the most prevalent, that are most common in our services and will be most common to you in your walk with the Lord. All right. And they are you'd get too weak to stand. You fall into a trance-like uh, state, you fall, maybe fall over, uh, you, you have an intoxicated state of mind, uh, you may be laughing or shouting or even crying, uh, you could be rejoicing loudly, like, you know, uh, just honestly out of control, it seems to other people, you're out of control, but you're just having a wonderful time in the presence of the Lord, joy, that could include the laughter as well, and then exuberant praise. All right, so let's start with the falling over th uh, thing that happens. So many people uh, have seen people fall over and they go, what is going on in your church? You know, what is this falling over? I've had people leave the church because others fell over. Um, and uh, I mean, you didn't, sometimes you don't even have to touch them or anything. They just fall down, you know, and they go, what's going on over there? And then some, that's not God that's going on. Well, let's read the Bible. Now, what we're going to do is we're just going to go to the Old Testament real quick. Um, and show you uh, one or two things out of the Old Testament that will show you New Testament stuff as well. Um, so probably one of the most famous out of the Old Testament is when the cloud came into the temple, when the Ark of the Covenant was returned and placed in Solomon's temple for the very first time. And this is found in 1 Kings 8 and verse 6. It said, The priests then brought the Ark of the Lord's Covenant to its place in the, in the sanctuary. So they brought the Ark, which was God's physical presence, into the inner sanctuary, the Holy of Holies, in the temple, all right? And uh, this is the most holy place, and put it beneath the wings of the cherubim. Now, when the priests withdrew from the holy place, the cloud, which is God's presence, filled the temple, and the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Now, yes, um, it is an Old Testament manifestation of God's presence. The cloud, the cloud is also found in the New Testament. While the Ark of the Covenant was Old Testament presence of God, the glory of God is found in New Testament. And the cloud is found in the New Testament on many occasions. Jesus ascended in the cloud. When, he, when there was the transfiguration on the, on the mountain, a cloud came down. And, and covered him. The voice spoke out of the cloud. Jesus, it's prophesied that when he returns, he can return in the cloud. So there's many references to the cloud. 
Okay, so the cloud is the presence, manifested presence of God in a visible way that you could see it. But what happened to the priests is that they could not do their service. They could not perform the services because what happened is their bodies, their physical body became too weak for them to stand. They literally just collapsed. I mean, they were lying on the floor trying to blow a trumpet (coughs) and the rest of the priests were laughing at them. I mean, you have no idea. These guys were out. They were lying on the floor. They were crawling around. God, somebody help me. This is what hit them. And they hadn't experienced this before. All right? They were too weak. That's the reason. They were just too weak. Now, we see something similar happened to Daniel when he was visited by Gabriel. Again, you probably read this, but let's have a look at it. Daniel chapter 8. And I, Daniel, was watching the vision and trying to understand it. There before me stood one of the men, sorry, sorry, before me stood one who looked like a man, and he came near uh, the place where I was standing, and I was terrified and fell prostrate. He did not prostrate himself. He did not kneel gently and go down. The man went, and he fell on his face without a catcher. Yeah. That's what the presence of the angel and the presence of God did to him. He had no strength left in his body. In verse 18, it says, And while he was speaking to me, I was asleep in a deep sleep with my face to the ground. That deep sleep was a trance-like state. And I know that some of you who experienced it didn't realize what was going on. That the presence of God came upon you and maybe you were kneeling and worshiping God. And then you decided, you know, I just feel like I'm going to lie down a little bit here and keep on praying. And then when you're lying down in that, in that presence, you go, I didn't feel like I could get up right now. I'll have to wait a bit, but I'm going to keep on. And then your kind of spirit man goes and visits heaven and you see angels and you talk with the Holy Spirit or you're just in this in this place, in this condition, and you go, I'm just deep in the Lord. Actually, you are in a trance-like state. Okay? So here we see it happening in the Old Testament. Now look what happens. He says here in verse uh, chapter 10 and verse 8, I was left alone gazing at the great vision. I had no strength left. No strength left. My face turned deathly pale, and I was helpless. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been in the presence of the Lord and somebody prayed for you and you went down and you were literally helpless? You were down there and you were like trying to get somebody to, to get you up and that's the only part you could move to reach up to get somebody. You were totally helpless. Totally helpless. Okay? Uh, I mean, that happened to me in Rodney Hound Brown's meetings. A fellow, uh, we were at a convention. At a convention, it was Theo, my brother, the great apostle, all the other great people, great ministers of God. And I was sitting there next to Jackie, and laughter came on me. And I love to laugh. And I laughed until I slipped out of my chair between the, between the rows. And then I was under my chair. There's no place down here. There's no place. There's only a place for feet. And the worse I got, the worse under the chairs I could see, the worse I laughed. Do you understand something? 
I am on my back under the chairs. And my brother, who doesn't laugh at anything, had this look. And whenever I looked at him, I laughed worse. I screamed. I'm laughing. I'm hysterical. I'm just so overcome with this presence and the joy of And I don't even know what they were saying on the stage. I don't know who was talking, what they were talking. But I couldn't get up. I was absolutely helpless. And I loved it. Loved it. Totally touched of God and so needed to laugh like that. Okay. So, th- so he says he was helpless. And then I heard him speaking. And as I listened, got this, I fell into a deep sleep and my face to the ground. Again, the man is prostrate and he's lying face down. Face down. Okay. In the presence of God. Just face down and in a deep sleep. God is speaking to him, and he's in a deep sleep. Now, does this happen in the New Testament? Yeah, there's many occasions where it's happened in the New Testament. One of the ones that you may not have noticed is when the soldiers came to arrest Jesus. And in John chapter 18, it says, when he said, I am he, what should happen? They drew back and fell to the ground. Nobody touched them, no catches. All he said was, I am he. So sometimes when you might come forward for prayer, One of the ministers praying for you or ministering to you might just speak a word to you, and that word spoken to you knocks you on your seat. Absolutely takes you out of the picture. And you go, nobody even touched me. But the word on its own is, in fact, strong enough to do that. It can do that. All right, so the soldiers did it. Then Saul, at his conversion, remember Saul on the road to Damascus, driving along on his horse, going to take all those Christians captive, and put them in prison. In the middle of the day, they said, I saw a light from heaven brighter than the sun blazing around me and my companions. And we all fell to the ground and I heard a voice speaking to me in Aramaic. Everybody fell off their horse. So my advice to you is get off your high horse before you come to church. Because you're going down, Bubba. Don't be sitting there on your high horse, Okay. Just make a decision. I'm going to kneel right now. I'm getting off my horse. Getting down to the ground so I can't fall any further. Trance-like state. Paul fell into a trance. Peter fell into a trance. You remember that as well. In Acts 22, Paul said, When I returned to Jerusalem and was praying in the temple, notice that I was praying in the temple. I fell into a trance and I saw the Lord speaking. So oftentimes when this deep experience happens with you, Uh, You will hear God speaking very clearly. You might even see something. You might even see an angel, you know, talking with you. That's not necessary to see an angel, but you will absolutely hear God the clearest you've ever heard him. Because what happens is that everything is taken out of the way. All the things that get in the way of, you know, hindering you hearing gets taken out the way. And you're just focusing on God. You actually get to a place where you're not conscious of your physical being. You're not conscious of it. It doesn't, you don't know if you're standing on your head. You don't know if you're crawling around the floor. You don't know if you're lying on the floor. You don't know, and you don't care. You don't care. Your spirit is talking to God, and you're having this intimate time with God. Your body doesn't, you don't care. You don't care. So just remember that there's an abandonment at that time. 
Um, exuberant praise. Well, before we go there, let's get, uh, let's get drunk. <laughs> the intox intoxicated state of mind. In Acts chapter 2, you remember on the day of Pentecost, they accused those guys who got filled of being drunk. And then uh, Peter says to them, they made fun of them, said, they have had too much wine. These men are, then, then Peter says to them, these men are not drunk. They have, they have had, sorry, they made fun of them and said they've had too much wine. But Peter says, these men are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. And it was five o'clock somewhere. But nevertheless, <laughs> okay, they started early. Okay, nine o'clock in the morning. The, the thing that happened is when the Holy Spirit fell um, and they got filled with the Holy Ghost, what, what happened is their physical senses were overcome by the presence of God it, at that level and that intimacy for the first time overwhelmed them. How many of you have ever been so in the presence of God, so full that you actually were drunk? Let me see. Let me see your hands. Okay. Well, the rest of you get ready. Okay, get ready. Unless we just lightweights. No. Uh, I have been in that situation. There was a wonderful man of God, that friend of mine, Ron Kusmal. He used to come and visit us uh, and preach for us in, uh, in Valcom, South Africa. And uh, on the first time this happened, uh, we, were in a, we were renting a Lutheran church, only seated by 100 people, and uh, we got drunk. The Spirit of God came down. There was ministry. We got drunk. We got in our car, and we acted like drunk people. Driving home, we should never have been allowed to drive home. Seriously, we were blowing the horn and waving at each other, driving on the wrong side of the road, screaming and shouting. I'm not kidding you. I mean, it was dangerous. Dangerous. Shouldn't have done it. Shouldn't have done it. We've had other times we used to have tent meetings. Uh, we would go out and do camp meetings, and the Holy Spirit would come, and people would get absolutely drunk, just, I mean, just falling all over in the tent. It was Wonderful. Wonderful. And so, um, you know, I know uh, we're speaking with, with uh, Brother Dennis, Dr. Love, this morning. And he said, every time I come to church, he said, I feel drunk. <laughs> Did you say that, brother? Yeah. Okay, he said that. He told me this morning. He didn't know what's going to preach. I said, but I'll tell the people about you. <laughs> when you get into that praise and worship like we had this morning, some of you actually would have experienced that intoxication. You would have experienced, you know, I don't feel like I'm all here. Like this is, I feel a little lightheaded. Just like, ooh, 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 ooh. Yeah. Anybody had that experience this morning during the praise and worship? Look at that. A whole bunch of hands are gone up. A whole bunch of hands are gone up. So you see, what I'm talking about is actually that's prevalent. It's not uncommon for people to experience what I'm sharing with you this morning. Um, then there's this exuberance, praise, and joy. Oh, I love this. Remember the 10 lepers that got healed? Jesus says, go show yourself to the priests. And only one guy comes back. Okay. In, in Luke 17, uh, he says, the one guy says, uh, he saw that he was healed and he came back praising God with a quiet voice. In a whisper. Just clearing his throat because he wasn't allowed to talk in church. Hello. He came to Jesus in his presence and with a loud voice, a loud voice, he gave praise. Loud voice. And then it says he started throwing things around. 
It does. It does. He threw himself at Jesus. That's what it says. Did it say he threw himself? So there was nothing religious about this. There was nothing sanctimonious about this. It wasn't like, you know what, I think I should just go to Jesus and say thank you. And, uh, you know, love you, Jesus. And uh, bless you, Lord. You know, you've healed me. No, no. This guy came running back like a crazy man, screaming, I've been healed, and threw himself at Jesus. Don't you think that that is what we should be doing? Throwing ourselves at Jesus. Come on, if you're going to give the Lord a clap, give him a clap. Okay? We, we shouldn't be holding back. Well, what is other, somebody else going to think about me? Brother, if you'd just been healed from leprosy, you would throw yourself at Jesus. Amen? It, it, it depends on what we just got from God. What did you get from God? Oh, just salvation. Just forgiveness of sin. Heaven, no hell. That requires at least one hand. No? Two? Kneel? Kneel? Do I have a face down? Do I have a loud praise? Do I have a loud? Do I have a throwing myself at Jesus because I'm not going to hell? Never mind leprosy. Come on, get up on your feet and throw yourself at Jesus. Come on, throw yourself at Jesus. Let me see that. Throw yourself at Jesus. I'm not going to hell. I'm being delivered. Going to heaven. Going to heaven. Hallelujah. Going to heaven. Healed, delivered, set free. Demons out of my life. Amen. So next Sunday, we start here. This is where we start, okay? We don't work you to this. This is where you start. When Drea says, come on, church. We got to be shouting so loud they can't hear the music. Amen. Because we're throwing ourselves at Jesus. Well, I'm so thankful, Jesus, that you saved me. You're so thankful that you saved me. Oh, hallelujah. Be seated. Come on now. What about the lame guy? He asked for, you know, something. And, and Peter and John turned to me. Well, we don't have anything to give you, but we have. What we have, we're going to give you. And uh, he says, be healed, stand up, right? Acts 3, 8. And then he jumped to his feet. Jumped to his feet and he began walking. And then he went with them into the temple courts. He went to church. Walking and jumping and praising God. Walking, jumping, and praising God. In church. Come on, we're having it enough. Walking, praising, jumping. Get up on your feet. Come on. I want to see the walking, jumping, and praising God. That's what I want to see. You want to have God touch you? You want to have a presence of God? You want to see a manifestation? Begin to praise. Begin to praise. He's touched me. Hallelujah. 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 Walking, shouting, praising God. You know what? It should be strange when we come to church and we look across there and somebody's like this. 
That should be the strange one. This shouldn't be strange. This should be I've been touched by Jesus. Well, be seated if you can. All right. So how do I position myself to encounter the Holy Spirit? Is there something I can do to facilitate it? There are two principles. Two principles. Spiritual hunger and spiritual hope. Two principles. Spiritual hunger. What does that mean? What does that look like? Well, it means a desire for more of God. That's how you know that you're spiritually hungry. How do you know you're physically hungry? You want more eat, right? You want to eat. That's how you know you're spiritual. Well, how do you know you're spiritually? You want more of God. Whatever that looks like, more of God. You want more intimacy. If you are spiritually hungry, there will be a desire in you for an intimate relationship with God that is superior to what you currently have. If you are happy with your level at the moment, you have become complacent. You've become complacent. Another word for that is lukewarm. Honestly, honestly, lukewarm, satisfied, or I could use another word, content, content. <clears throat> and that's a problem in many marriages. Lukewarm contentment, a lack of desire for intimacy, a lack of desire for more. More time, more time with this person. You become content to sit back and watch the sports on TV. You become content. Are you listening to me? You've gone home. It's not part of my sermon, but somebody needs to hear it. I'm preaching to somebody, talking to somebody out there. You want to get some, thank you, brother. Appreciate it, man. You want to get some fire in your marriage? Stop the contentment. Stop the lukewarm. Whew. Wouldn't your wife like to see you on fire? <laughs> Amen. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be amazing that you have to have a, gold, a cold shower to just cool off? <laughs> oh my God, my marriage is on fire. How long have you been married? 27 years. Come on now, I'm getting some good amens from some ladies back there. Phew. Intimacy. Spiritual hunger is also shown up in prayer and also in worship. Now, worship is not on the notes, but it, it, it should have been. All right. So prayer. Where do we see this um, spiritual hunger in prayer? Well, remember God said this in James chapter 4. He said, draw near to God and he will what? draw near to you so God makes uh, God asks you to make the first move draw near to God but actually he made the first move because he sent Jesus right now he wants us to respond to that love we're in that situation now where we can draw near to God so now he's saying okay show me the money show me show me that you that you are 
enjoying what I gave you through Jesus. Show me that you really love me. Draw near to me now. Draw near to me. And you know, unfortunately, what the majority of the Christian body is saying? Now, you draw near to me. And when you draw near to me, I'll judge whether that is a presence of God or not. Hmm. Yeah, to draw near to God and he will, he will draw near to you. Doesn't Hebrews tell us that God is the reward of those who diligently seek him? So not people who just moderately seek him, not people who just conveniently seek him, but people who are diligently seeking him. He is a rewarder. Now, you see, that doesn't mean he gives you money or things. Do you know what he gives you? How many want to know? That's not enough. Okay, move to the next point. How many want to know what he gives you? Thank you. Thank you. He gives you his manifested self. Oh, you missed a good place to shout amen. It's too late now. If I have to tell you. Okay, so, so, so what happens here is God said that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Diligently seeking after God. That's drawing near to him. It's the same thing. He says, if you draw near to me, he said, I'll draw near to you. You see that? So put those two scriptures together, and I have an understanding of what God is saying. If I will take time to draw near to him in intimacy and everything, that I can fully expect that God will draw near to me. And my reward is God himself. Not something that's perishable. Not something I'm going to eat or wear or drive. That is, that is not a comparison with God and no, no, not a material thing. It's God himself. God himself. Listen, listen in the Old Testament. This is amazing. From Jeremiah 29. Listen, verse 12. Then you will call upon me and you will come and pray to me and I will hear and heed you. Then you will seek me, inquire for and require me as a vital necessity. And find me when you search for me with your whole heart, and I will be found by you, says the Lord. What an amazing sermon, uh, uh, scripture, isn't it? I mean, we could just preach on that, nothing else. And there was a promise in the Old Testament. Can we take that, for those who have come, just, you know, covered some dispensation graduates, can we take that and bring it into where we are in the New Testament? Yes, yes. I just gave you two scriptures, didn't I? I just gave you two scriptures that show that it's the same thing. It's the same principle. God said, if you're going to pray and come and seek me, and look what he says, seek me as a vital necessity. Amplified. Thank you, Amplified Bible. As a vital necessity. See, honestly, I'm not, I don't want to get on your case this morning. We're having too much fun. But I don't want to get on your case. But you need to know, believers, you need to know this, that your walk with God cannot be a blah, blah, blah walk. It has to be a vital necessity. It has to be, I need to get to God like the deer that panteth after the water. I have to want to. I've got to. I just, I can't do. I've got to. I've got to get to God. That's the desire that you have to have inside of you. That's the spiritual hunger that's going on. 
and God will grant you the desires of your heart. He says so. I mean, some of the folks in the New Testament that we see, remember the friends that brought the paralytic to Jesus and led him through the roof? They were desperate to get to Jesus, weren't they? And they received. What about uh, Jairus? He was desperate for Jesus to come and heal his daughter because while he was talking to Jesus, the daughter died. What about the woman with the issue of blood? For 12 years and she pushed through the crowd and she could have been stoned she was desperate to get to Jesus what about blind Bartimaeus who cried out son of David son of David have mercy on me and they said shush be quiet and he cried out the louder and uh, Zacchaeus who climbed the tree I've got to see Jesus I've got to see Jesus and he was a very wealthy man and he climbed the tree got up there because he wanted to see Jesus and what about the mother, the Gentile mother that came to Jesus and said, come and heal my daughter. She's demon possessed. And Jesus said, I can't take the food of the children and give it to the dogs. Called her a dog. Yep. Yes, some of you just went silent. Come to Bible college. Find out. Yes, called her a dog. And she said, but you know what? Even the little puppies can eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And God the Father said through Jesus, that's enough. That's enough. Let her daughter be healed. Are you desperate? Are you willing to eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table? Listen, man, if she could get that, eating the crumbs that fall from the master's table, what should we be getting sitting at the table with the master? What should we be eating? We don't have to beg for crumbs. We could be eating the food that's been laid out for us at the master's table. All right, the second point was spiritual hope two principles the first one was spiritual hunger the second one is spiritual hope now hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says faith assures us of things we expect and convinces us of the existence of things we cannot see now another version of the good of the of god's word that was the god's words translation says this faith is the confidence that we that what we hope for will actually happen it gives us assurance about things we cannot see. And why is, this, why is this part of positioning yourself to receive from the Holy Spirit and to receive a touch from God? Because you have to have hope and expectation that God is going to meet with you. And I've given you a lot of scripture ready to show you that God wants to meet with you. But there needs to be this faith, the faith that supports and the hope the desire to see your imagination of God coming to me, your imagination of being in heaven, your imagination of angels being around you. You don't have to see them with your eyes. How many of you know you have an angel? Really? Yes, you know? How many of you know? How many of you know there are angels in this room, packed wall to wall? Okay. You don't have to see them with your eyes. The Bible says so. So I can use my imagination. I close my eyes and I see angels all over the place. Angels everywhere sitting right next to me. Not room to sit, but standing next to me. I don't have to see them. But with the eye of my imagination, I can. And I can have expectation that God is going to do something special in this house today. When you go to pray, why don't you just say, God, thank you, angel, for being with me. Thank you. I, I believe you're here. I can't see you, but I know you're here. Hello. 
You understand where I'm going with this? So there's an expectation. You know, the law of expectation. Well, before I give you the law of expectation, W.E. Vines says this, that this word expectation here in Hebrews means this, a favorable expectation, a happy anticipation of good. A happy anticipation of good. So when we're talking about pressing into God's presence, we need to have a happy anticipation of good. God's presence. All right. So here's the law of expectation. What we expect with confidence tends to happen, whether good or bad, even if we expect, even what we expect is based on false information. Now that's weird. That's weird. You see... You can expect bad things to happen, but you don't hope for bad things to happen. Depending on your circumstances that you're in right now, projecting yourself into the future, you could be expecting to lose the car, the house, your marriage. You could be expecting to die early because you have a disease. You could be expecting something. You understand? Not good. Not good. Not good. And what we expect tends to happen, whether good or bad, and whether based on false information or not. The doctor could have given you a bad report, but it's based on false information. And if you believe it, you expect what the doctor said. You got, you got what I'm saying? Okay, so false information will impact you as much as true information. But the real true information is the Word of God. So you can expect something good to happen to you today. Thank you, Oral Roberts. Yeah, you can expect something good to happen to you today. So I have a couple of questions for you as we close. How desperate are you for God to touch you and change your life? Are you just willing to go along as it is? Or have you reached the place where you're just content? Or are you desperate? Are you desperate to be healed? Are you desperate to be filled with the Holy Spirit? You see, people are flying in from all over the world to the promised church. To be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because they've heard that people get filled with the Holy Spirit when they come here. We don't have enough room anymore in P3 to accommodate the people because they fly in from Hawaii. Hello, Sandy. <laughs> Flying from Las Vegas. What was her name? Malia. Malia. I'm not kidding with you. They're flying in to receive the Holy Spirit. They're flying in and they're coming in their hordes. And Kelly? From Vegas as well. Yeah. You may not know about it. You may not know. Delaware. Amen. Amen. They're coming from everywhere. They just haven't heard. So you're going to witness on your social media platform. 
that people are being filled with the Holy Ghost. Being filled. Your demons might be being cast out somewhere else, but not every Christian has a demon. But every Christian wants to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Every Christian wants the fullness of God in their life and want to go further with God. And they're hungry for more of God. Every Christian. So let them know. Let them know. Isn't that the least you can do out of gratitude for what God's done for you? Tell them. Tell them. People are being filled at the promised church. Do you know that there's only one promise in the Bible? Only one promise. The most important promise. Let me say it that way. There's only one important promise. Where Jesus said, the promise. Go and wait in Jerusalem until the promise. You're out there, you're going home. I've got a few more minutes with you. The promise of the Father. There's only one promise Jesus referred to as the promise. There are many promises, but there's only one. He said, the promise of the Father. And we got the name. Take that. We got the name. Because Pastor Cindy heard about it. She heard about the promise. We're called the promise. And people are going to come to the promise to receive the promise. We're going to be known for the Holy Ghost and the power of God. That's what we're going to be known for. And you can't be saved until you receive the Holy Spirit. So, got to get saved first. Amen? I love it. I love it. Mm, what inconveniences are you prepared to suffer to have an encounter with the Holy Ghost? I said inconveniences, not sicknesses. What inconvenience are you prepared to suffer? Think about it. Less sleep. Less TV. Getting to the prayer meeting at 9.30 instead of 5 past 10. I'm not picking on anybody. I'm simply saying what sacrifices or inconveniences are you prepared to make? You see, if you just old blase, God will get me if he wants me. You won't even go to heaven with that attitude. You won't. Because you've got to reach out and receive Jesus. You've got to receive Jesus. You've got to make that dedicated decision. If you would make a decision today, God, I'm going for all that you've got for me. I'm not holding back anymore. You know, I'm tired of living in the outer court. I want to go to the, to the inner court, then I want to go to the holy place. Because after all, my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You're in me. You are, I am the temple of God in me. Yeah, got it? Okay. So God was desperate to reach you, wasn't he? He sent Jesus. He was desperate. He sent Jesus. Are you desperate enough to earnestly seek him? Everybody stand. Are you desperate enough to earnestly seek him. While every eye is closed, 
I want to invite those this morning. You know Jesus as your Lord and Savior already. But you haven't received the Holy Spirit. You haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The gift Jesus wants to give you. The baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking other tongues. That was the gift Jesus told the disciples to go and wait in Jerusalem to receive and that they would receive power when this comes upon them. Paul experienced it. Peter experienced it. The Ephesian believers experienced it. Samaria experienced it. Over and over and over it happened all over through the book of Acts. It's for you today. Because unto you and to your children and to those who are far off. If you love the Lord today with all of your heart, there's more. There's more. You can go deeper with God. You can go further with God. You can receive the promise of the Father. Jesus wants to give you. If God is talking to you right now about receiving that promise and you haven't received it, just wave your hand at me wherever you're standing. Just wave your hand at me. I want to see. Wave your hand. This means you have not yet received the promise. Wave your hand. I'm looking around the church. Okay. Seeing a few hands out there. Anybody else? Seeing a few hands. So you all haven't raised your hand. are all spirit-filled, happy, talking in tongues. All right, those who have raised their hand, would you real quick, while everyone's got their eyes closed, just come on down, stand with me. Now, I want to ask another question. Are you sure today that you're a Christian? That you actually know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you die, you go to heaven. Not because of something you've done, but because of what Jesus has done and the fact that you've put your hope and trust and faith in him. If you haven't done that today, would you do it today? Do it today. Do it now. Do it now. Do it now. If you would and you want to do it today, raise your head. Wherever you're standing, raise your hand. God wants to do something in your life. Just raise your hand wherever you are. God wants to do something in your hand. Okay. The last thing I'm going to pray, uh, uh, pray about. If you need physical healing in your body, and you know that today's the day, you can sense God's presence on you. When I was preaching, you sense God's presence like today's your day. If that's you, just raise your hand wherever you are. You know today's your day. All right, today's your day. Now, those people who raised their hand for any one of those three, would you just come on down? Just ask the person next to you, please excuse me. I want to go down for the prayer. God is going to touch me today. I'm just waiting for you to come on down real quickly. Someone coming down for healing. Someone coming for the Holy Spirit. Someone coming for salvation. Come all the way down. Come stand here, please, right down in front of me. Come right down in front of me. Come stand right in front of me. There you go. Anybody else before I pray? Before I pray. Okay. All right. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right. Cindy, come and join us. Pastor's team. Pastor's team, come and join us. This pastoral team is so anointed with the power of God. 
if we could have the music just a little louder. And if you'd do something for me, if you'd participate in the congregation just for a minute or two, would you pray in the Spirit since you can pray? You said you can. Would you pray in the Spirit just a moment? Let's keep that flow of the Holy Spirit going in the house. Thank you. Pray for whoever you want to pray for. Pray for whoever you want to pray for. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you, Lord. Touch the church. Touch your body. Touch your body. Touch your body. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, move across the congregation right now. Move across the congregation. Move across the congregation. Move across the congregation. Thank you. Holy Spirit, come in your fullness. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you. In Jesus' name, we welcome you. We welcome you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The healing power of God flows through your body right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Healing power of God flows through your body right now in Jesus' name. Right now, through your body. Yep, 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 right now. Be healed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Many of you raised your hand when Pastor Lindsay gave that word about the chains and the, the, the anxiety connected to financial issues, many of you. But there's one or two or three of you here who are absolutely so desperate, so desperate. I believe when she prayed, something happened. But I want her to lay hands upon you for that impartation. There's maybe two or three of you. The first three that get out here, she'll pray for. The first three that come, she'll pray for. Right? There they are. Thank you, Lord. The next three I'll pray for. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. 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 Yes, 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 yes. Shedler be shecheretira, ban shuri puru kushiri beri kare darabe yanda. Dress suri andaradi be shecheri kare be shikikirendai. Just step forward against the podium. Just step forward. Find some space. Just find some space. Okay. So this was a desperate situation. This was a desperate situation. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I'm praying for her first, all right? I'm praying for, this, for her first. Okay, because the word of the Lord is enough to set you free. And he says you've been faithful. You've been faithful with the tithe. You've been faithful with the offerings. And the enemy has sought to stop your return. And so the power has been broken, and you need not fear. You need not fear. You need not fear in Jesus' name. Yep, yep. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, shukaiya, but it's sick it in die. Shedidibidankarababi kishiki kirendai. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I think, I think you're going to, yeah, thank you, Craig. Shelby's going down. She's going down. Oh, yeah, she's going down. Mm -hmm. So the Lord is calling you to faithfulness. He's calling you to faithfulness. And he said, you're in the predicament you're in because of your own neglect, what you've done. And now he's calling you to faithfulness. And if you will commit yourself to the faithfulness that you know you should be doing, there will be a complete and absolute turnaround in your body. Do you commit? Yes, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yep, yep, yep. Thank you, Lord. Yes, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You guys are good as a family? All three of you? All three of you. You're in it together. All right, super. Super, 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 shukahita. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. 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 Okay, so there's, there's an uh, increase coming at work. There's a promotion coming. Um, there's a new job coming for somebody in your group, in your family. Something new, something. There's a, there's a breakthrough in that, in that realm of finances. Thank you, Lord. And then there's uh, something that's been draining your finances, uh, like an old car. I don't know what it is, but there's something that's been draining your finances. And, and I get like a picture of like an old car. So, um, so that's going to go. It's going to get out of your life, and it's going to be replaced. Uh, it's going to be replaced with something that doesn't break down and, uh, and that you, it's dependable. Just as you are dependable and God can depend upon you, He's going to give you something that you can depend upon you. Um, and in fact, there are two coming, not just one. There's two coming, okay? There's two coming. Do you drive? Do you drive? Because you're getting one too, sweetheart. Okay. Shay, there we go. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name, Jesus' name. We consider that thing sold, sold. In Jesus' name, out of your life, we're stopping that hole. We're blocking that drain. In Jesus' name, we thank you for the promotion and the increase in the new job and the flow finances. You've been faithful, been faithful. Oh, and God is pruning the tree in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Do you have an old car that's going to be replaced? Do you have the old car that's going to be replaced? All right. Well, it's out of here. It's done. Okay. All right. Hey, girls. Step forward. All right. So how old are you? 19. And how old are you? 18. Okay. So what is God going to do for you today? Okay, and you? Just anxiety. Just anxiety. Oh, so you love the Lord already? Are you filled with the Holy Spirit yet, both of you? Are you sure? Are you sure? Hundred percent sure. Okay. Okay. You know that He loves you. What is your anxiety about? Hmm. You know, a lot of people, there's a tissue for you, a lot of people have that. Can I talk you out of using the internet and the social media and the platforms and the TikTok? Can I talk you out of that? 
because that's where it's coming from. Okay? So God loves you. It doesn't matter who else does or not. He thinks you're great. He thinks you're awesome. So don't defend yourself. Don't try and get everybody to love you. They're not going to love you. Just be your own person. Be who God made you to be. Be strong and be bold in the things of the Lord. Don't let words of other people intimidate you and hurt you, break you down. That's not the Spirit of God. God loves you, okay? So can you, can you try and wean yourself a little bit from that? Can you do that? All right. So I want you to do something because God wants to touch you today in a very, very special way. He wouldn't knock you out today. He wants to, wants to put you in a little trance. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Make sure we've got an open space behind them, okay? You want to go down together? Hold, hold hands with each other. Just, just hold hands, okay? Okay, because you're going down. God's going to give you like an anesthetic and talk to you down there a little bit. Are you ready? All right, close your eyes and just get ready. Because it's coming. It's coming. God loves you. He loves you. Here comes the Holy Spirit. Yeah, thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming upon them right now. In Jesus' name, we release that anxiety from them in the name of Jesus. We thank you for that spirit of laughter, Lord, and the joy of the Lord that comes upon them. The joy of the Lord is that, whoa, there we go, there we go, there we go. Yes, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, hallelujah. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's his presence. That trembling is his presence. That trembling is his presence. Just lift both your hands to the Lord. Lift your hands. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In your heart. In your heart, kneel. In your heart, kneel before the Lord. In your heart, kneel. Here we go. Here we go. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. All pressure leave. All anxiety go. Jesus' precious name. Yep, that trembling is the presence of God. Yep, that's the tremble. That's the tremble. Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. 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 In Jesus' name. Yep, there we go. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Shaking like a leaf. <laughs> Shaking like a leaf. Amen. 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 God is good. God is good. Amen. Amen. Enjoy that presence. Enjoy that presence. Enjoy that presence. Enjoy that presence. All right. So now, the Lord tells me that Satan sent a little impy, a little demon impy to sit on your shoulder and to tell lies to you. And that little MP has been controlling you, speaking into your, speaking into your ear, speaking into your mind. Okay? This is what I hear. You might as well kill yourself. You might as well kill yourself. 
They don't love you. They don't care about you. Am I right or am I wrong? Is that right? Okay, so now what we're going to do, what we're going to do is we're going to command that little impy to leave, okay? And you're not going to have that problem again, okay? Not going to have that problem again. So in the name of the Lord Jesus, we come against that demonic force that's been harassing you. Yeah, 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 that, that's been harassing you in Jesus' name. Jesus' name, Jesus' name. Take authority over that lying demon, that lying demon and that spirit of suicide, that spirit of suicide. You release her in the name of Jesus right now, right now, right now, in Jesus' name. Gone, Jesus' name. And now a deep peace from God comes, a deep peace, a deep peace, a deep peace of God. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Just receive it. Just receive it. Hallelujah. 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 Don't think about anybody else. Just stay focused on the Lord. Think about your angel right next to you now. Now that you know, your angel's there to protect you, guard you, to guide you. Jesus said he'll never leave you nor forsake you. You're a brand new person. You've got a brand new life. A brand new life in Jesus. Amen. Amen. You doing okay? You doing okay? Okay. All right. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Are we having church yet? Amen. Amen. Having church. Amen. That's what church is about, right? Amen. So we know how we're going to start next Sunday, don't we? We, we, we? Yeah. We know how we're going to start. Amen. You got cupcakes outside. Hey, hey, girls, how are you doing? Are you doing good? We're doing great. Okay. You know what I'd like to do? Um, when we're done, I'm going to get Pastor Cindy to talk to you on, on her phone. I want you to tell her what happened today on the phone. Can you do that? And we're going to tell the world. We're going to tell the world about these beautiful girls that God has touched and their lives are changed and that they're so proud of serving Jesus. Can we do that? Amen. That's what we're talking about. All right. Well, I'm going to dismiss you while I pray for the rest of the people, okay? But Pastor Cindy will talk with these two, okay? All right. You dismissed. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Amen. Amen. I'm going to switch my mic off now.